got a new month and a new A to Z episode. Fucking back at it. It's spooky month, too. It it's, is. It's everybody's favorite month. It really is. And by everyone, it's gotta I, be. I mean everyone in this basement right now. Well, anybody that matters to us, really. Yeah, me, yeah. you, and Emma. This mm-hmm. is our favorite month, for sure. It's it's the spooky month. It's yeah. the A to Z spooktacular. That's right. Although you can't say spook anymore. That's not cool. Oh, okay. That's kind yeah, that's of true. a racial slur. Creepy? Is creepy kinda still not, good? Kind of not chill. I think creepy's spooky. cool. What about spookums? Mmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a cereal. Spookums is just a funny word to say. Ooh, <laughs> it, it sounds like a delicious, yeah, Saturday Saturday morning cereal. You, mm. you were right. Yeah. Fuck Booberry. I'm eating Spookums. You're fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's the ripoff. It's the generic Booberry. You're, you're fucking mom's poor buying your Booberry. You gotta get over here on the flavor side, bro. Spookums time. And just like... for The, the uh, mascot is just like... It's just Jason. <laughs> the sweetness is almost as strong as the sadness I feel for my parents being killed. Speaking of which, that's the A to Z show. <clears throat> it is. This is the A to Z show. Thank uh-huh. you guys again. You guys and gals and everything in between. And thanks for listening in. We appreciate you having here. We are a uh, we're a fun little group. The A to Z podcast here. I like to think so. We are A to Z. I have the A sitting across from me right now. He is America's sweetheart. He is Andrew Varble. He is the one running the boards, running the fucking topics, keeping me in line, making well, sure we don't break as much as I can. Too many actual laws. We don't get arrested for treason when I start screaming about how we have to burn down the government mm-hmm. and start a new course. There's a reason we're in a basement. Yeah, just like Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I am the Z to the AZ podcast. My name is Zach Melcher. I um, am America's favorite failed comedian. And I say that because I am a failed comedian, and no one has fought me on being the best failed comedian yet. So, That's true. the champ is the champ. And here we are, still sitting here. I'm still standing. I'm still strong. You're not standing. Stry, I am sitting down. Way to be. Way to fucking ruin the, you know, fact check. The veil of imagination for the mm-hmm. listeners. Good we're, job. We're going to get you on camera someday. Fucking dink. We actually probably should do that soon. Yeah. That would be kind of fun. We could just start YouTube live in this shit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, well, I don't know if you're ready for live. <laughs> my, my. I'm always ready for live. <laughs> so I can talk about how the fucking Jews are... <laughs> I love the Jews. But yeah, no, this is... A... <laughs> I love that. That was a stop. Make me sad. Yeah. No, this is our uh, fun little podcast here. We, are, we have been best friends for... I mean, over a decade at this point, almost fifteen so. years. Uh, getting close, yeah. And uh, we we've always just been best buds. Always got along a lot. Uh, always got along well, and uh, just have very similar tastes in uh, comic books, pop culture, movies, video games, TV shows, music, all things like that. Mm-hmm. Women, women, women's. We also have a special guest tonight. So a semi-special guest because she's only going to like stick in every now and then. But the queen of questions herself, Emma, is here. That is my fiance. Hey. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Way to fucking grab onto the, uh, the the throne ball. Fucking typical Colts fan. Can't even catch the lob to her. Jesus Christ. It's all about defense, son. Mm. Number yeah. one right now. Yeah, you're defending everybody's fucking sense of humor by not saying anything funny. Good job. It's lucky you. She's all about that D. <laughs> She's not. Oh. <laughs> she makes her wear lipstick when we go to bed. Yeah. 
She says it makes it look prettier. I mean, you did it on your own the first time. That was on you. That was on you. Sorry that I have thin lips and I wanted to make them a little bit fuller so I could look attractive. Fucking, oh, big deal for me trying to look prettier to your fucking beautiful fucking bullshit patriotic beauty standards, you fucking misogynist asshole. How dare you? I shouldn't stop you from looking how you feel. It's been a fucking week for me, brother. I'll be honest with you. I am, uh, it's almost over. This is a special episode uh, this week because if we didn't have our special, uh, our let's just call it our special. Mm-hmm. We have a special plan tomorrow that yeah, we'll try to get out as soon as we can. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to announce the whole thing, but we have a bit of a special going on okay. tomorrow. It is something that the six fans of our show have been looking forward to for a while now. Well, three fans and three listeners. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> the the five <laughs> listeners that we have. <laughs> have been somewhat looking forward to this but we have a special going on tomorrow for what we're gonna do i'm not gonna you know give any hints i want to tease you a little bit i want to cock tease you just rub rub the head a little bit you know give it a little not a full-on suck but just a little just a little bit of that okay just like like the just a thumb knuckle on the butthole you know what i mean like Mm. not fully going in but I'm, i'm letting you know i'm there but yeah, so it's, have, it's not the smallest knuckle. Not the smallest knuckle, but it's not the largest either. So, And that is what this podcast is. <laughs> it's a Perfect knuckle. summation. It's yes. a knuckle in the butthole. Thanks for listening to the AZ Podcast. You guys have a good night. We'll see you next week. <laughs> That's our new sign out. The AZ Show, a knuckle in the butthole. It's our fucking merch coming soon. <laughs> and Hooky dropped out of the songs. <laughs> Hookie has now sued us. Yeah. Hookie has nothing to do with knuckles and buttholes. <laughs> the lawyers that were represent Hookie wish me to read this piece of paper here. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> Love you, Ray. You are the man. I uh yeah, if we if we didn't have our special coming on tomorrow, I probably wouldn't have recorded today. And uh let me I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Because okay. yeah. I I don't want to be ashamed of my mental illness and, and things like that. I like to with the small platform I have, I like to bump up a little bit. As much as I just don't take anything seriously, I don't want anybody to feel ashamed for having mental illnesses. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I've been pretty depressed for the last, like, two weeks now, pretty strongly. And also, for some reason, for the last, like, week, I've just been filled with rage, like, more than usual. I've been angrier than usual now. And it's been a, a really weird kind of perfect storm of just emotion brewing in me. But I, you know, the show must go on, so you got to yeah. get in there. Yeah. Maybe we can get some of that to escape with some of the topics I've chosen. Oh, yeah. so. no, I'm going to vent like a motherfucker in this place. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, look at that. My laugh makes a perfectly symmetrical uh, audio line. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I am the best. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, y'all have a good night. And that was the A to Z podcast. Thanks for joining in. We'll see you guys next year. Next year. <laughs> I'm just going to sneak shit in. Okay. You know, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I've just been so fucking angry today. Like, or not even today, like, this whole week. Like, angrier than usual. Hmm. And, like, it, this is how angry I, I was. Give you a little anecdotal evidence. All right. Um, this might surprise people, but uh, with me and Emma, our relationship, we really don't argue at all. And then you know, a lot of people are surprised by that because I'm so argumentative. But I can't, like, argue with her. She's too nice and she wants to just, like, 
make me happy at all times which i mean she's a doll for doing that but also it kind of makes me angry sometimes whenever i'm like really mad i'm like no just fucking argue with me don't (laughs) stop agreeing with the shit i'm saying i want to yell for no reason uh but we actually i was so mad this morning that we had like a little bit of a tiff i wouldn't call it a fight because we really don't get into fights like the most heated we ever get between each other and she'll back me up on this the most heated me and her get between each other is when we're trying to decide what to eat because we'll, we'll both have the same answer, which is like, oh, I don't care. I can eat whatever. Here's the difference. I literally could eat whatever, and I'll never uh, care. Mm-hmm. Emma will, however, have somewhat of a choice of what she wants, but she won't say it out loud because she doesn't want to like make me choose something that I might not want. However, about an hour after eating, she'll be like, I wish we would have gotten this instead of what we got. And I'm like, why didn't you fucking say that two hours ago? That's where most of our arguments come from. Like, 99% of the arguments between me and Emma come from, what are we going to eat today? Like, that's all of them. But I did snap at her this morning, and I felt bad about it. Hmm. Like, I got in the car, and I felt bad about it about two minutes later when I was leaving for work. Woke up this morning just super depressed, just angry, hating the whole world, just kind of like, Fuck it, fire me. I don't care. This is all bullshit. I'm even just done. Like, if the fucking angel of death appeared before me right now, I might even take the fucking call. Like, who gives a shit? Done with all of this. However, about a day or two days beforehand, I had told her that I needed to be better at work and stop calling off so much and, like, fix my attendance. (laughs) So this morning, again, like I said, wake up, just, I mean, slept like shit, didn't want to go to work. And I'm getting kind of comfortable after snoozing my alarm. And I was like, what if I just didn't go to work today? She's like, I, mean, I was like, I don't know. I just don't feel like going to work. And she's like, well, didn't you say you were going to, you know, work on your attendance so you don't get in trouble or anything like that? Like, try to be better at work? I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, one more day's not going to fuck me, though, would it? And she's like, I don't know. I don't work there. It's not my call. Which, I mean, she's 100% in the right. She's actually 100% in the right this entire conversation. But I'm just getting angry for no reason. Well, it's way too early, too. You get up way too fucking early in the morning. That is true. My first alarm goes up at 4.30. Yeah, that's awful. We say that, and I was like, yeah, but I just really don't want to go. Like, I just don't want to go to work today. And she's like, well, I mean, I don't want to go to work either. But she's going to work. And for some reason, that made me angry that she's like, well, I don't want to go to work either. <laughs> so I was just like, I literally went, fine, fuck it, I'll just go to work. And, like, threw the covers back and jumped out of bed and went and brushed my teeth. And then was angry up until... Uh, I kissed her goodbye and said, have a good day. I love you. And then got like two minutes down the road and was like, ah, such a dick. Like, I'm the worst fucking person. <laughs> so that was our yearly fight for 2020. So okay. congrats, babe. We made it through another one. Yeah, and I won. You did, You always win the fights. <laughs> now she has proof. She can listen to this over and over I know, again. That's literally how every fight, and I'm, I'm using air quotes because it's an audio medium and I'm an idiot. <laughs> But every fight that we've had goes the exact same way. She says something that is totally innocent, it means nothing, and I take it in the wrong way, 100%. So then I get offended and angry, so I, I raise my voice and yell at her for no fucking reason. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What do you think I am, a fucking psycho? You want something to fucking say to me? Just say it to me then! Like, I'll do shit like that. Hmm. And then she is obviously taken aback by that because I'm 100% way over the line. <laughs> from 0 to 90, yeah. Yeah, and then she gets sad. Well, not 0, like from 45 to 90. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I kind of idle at like a 65 anyway. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm just angry at everything. 
But it's like, so I'll raise my voice and yell, and then when I raise my voice and yell, she's such a sweet, innocent, loving person <laughs> that, like, confrontation upsets her. She doesn't like it. So when voices get raised in anger, she starts crying. So then she starts crying, then I feel bad, and then I get mad that she made me feel bad that she's crying. <laughs> so then I yell at her for about one more minute, then I feel even worse, and it just ends with me apologizing 400 times and, like, holding her for 20 minutes. I'm just like, I'm the worst, I'm sorry, you're the best, I didn't mean that, this is all on me, I'm the fucking psychopath, which I am, I am the fucking psycho on this It sounds like it, yeah. But yeah, that's how, I've never once won an, won an, an argument with this woman, and I probably never will. Hmm. That's just how it works. Unless it's about Batman. Those aren't arguments. That's just me being right and her oh. not understanding what the fucking facts are. That's a learning experience. Yeah, whatever, Christian Bale. But yeah, that's how fucked up I've been this week, that I literally snapped at her this this morning and then felt bad about it, like I said, two minutes down the road. That's weird that I have that. It, it, it almost, it, it makes our relationship work really well, but it also fucks with me every now and then where it's just like, I can't fucking win an argument with this woman. Like, I could be 100% right, and it's not going to matter, because I'll get a little loud about it and be like, no, you're right, we should sell the house. <laughs> just like that, that kind of shit. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Because I can't raise my voice to her. She cries, because she's too sweet for this world. She's too pure. No, you're right. I should become a woman. <laughs> I mean, fucking, wouldn't even cut it off. It's so fucking small. Just grow the bush out a little bit. You'll never see it again. <laughs> small dick jokes. Welcome to the AZ Podcast, everybody. <laughs> so anyway, how's your week been? Uh, it was also a little rough. We uh, we had a, one of our classic full department moves at the mm-hmm. hospital. So everybody from the pediatrics department decided to move from the hospital out to the Godfrey Clinic, which is a completely separate like domain network everything so oh, perfect. yeah every single aspect of day-to-day work life had mm. changed so <laughs> and you know clearly nobody wanted to test anything before they moved anything so why would you yeah exactly wasting time yeah perpetual and motion we, gotta get work we done. recently fired our networking engineer who was our only on-site networking technician three weeks ago well, and nobody helped. decided to you know come down to help us out with any of that so you got to uh yeah device technicians trying to figure out how to get networking to work yeah work a whole vpn mm-hmm. like an actual setup yeah oh, well that's and they also went from uh analog to voice over ip phones so Ooh, that's excellent. a fun you know transition to handle also i mean that, that sounds rough but i made emma a little sad this morning so that's I, true. Had, I had the worst i've experience. never made emma sad so nice so, try yeah. you fucking mongol i don't even know if i could like i don't think I oh you, you definitely could i could make her sad oh yeah Look at her and say that you're not friends anymore. Hmm. See? I didn't even have to look, look at, at her. I already fucking did it. That, that's on you. So that's on you, at, though. I'm I didn't make her. I didn't make her so sad. Good at making I her didn't sad. make her sad. I'm that so was you. Making her sad. I don't know why she fucking uh, agreed to marry me. Yeah. All I do is make her sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Hmm. She's not over her emo phase yet. Still, she just wants to be sad all the time. Uh, She's like, "Let me, let me date this fucking angry psycho who's just gonna make me sad every time he raises his voice an octave, decibel, not octave." Sorry. I mean, could be both. Show you both. Yeah. Nice. Both nuts. Faggot. Oh. I'm doing physical jokes again. That was a fucking visible joke that no one could see because I sometimes forget this is just an audio medium. Bless you. Bless you again. That's all you get. So you understand. No. Die in hell. <laughs> the demon that just got out of me did. 
Good for him. Yeah. Well, at least somebody's getting what they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> in this house, you got to take it where you can get it. Yeah, that was. I saw that written in needlepoint over the door. Was that from your mom, or how did that work? Uh, it was a cross generational study. We both hopped on it. I almost got a, a spit take from you. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to your bullshit. <laughs> really? Because 55 episodes disagree with that. 56. 56, sorry. I apologize. This is 57 right here. I wasn't with every one of them. Yeah, those are the numbered episodes. Oh, okay, damn. I was trying to catch you. I was trying to lawyer you <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're knocking off. What the fuck is wrong with you? I got a fucking podcast recording. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ma'am. Fucking minus two constitution uh, I think I've made my vodka water too strong. Sneezing ass motherfucker. Too strong? The thing's fucking blues Gatorade. <laughs> Half a fucking meal in that uh, motherfucker. It's blue vodka. It looks like the fucking ooze that... Took, took over the City of Angels in the fucking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. For God's sakes. Wow, show your age a little more there. Well, the ooze was actually purple, so that wasn't even that good, that good of a joke, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> they can't see that it's not purple. Kids so these days. Again, I should have just played with a joke, but I always forget that this isn't a visual medium, because I'm fucking stupid. Yeah, even though you just reminded yourself. Yeah, twice now. Yeah. Fuck. So, do, do we talk about... Midsummer on the podcast? Yet? We have not yet, no. Okay, so good. Uh, I wanted to get to that before we got into the topic. Yeah. Me and Emma finally watched Midsummer. Finally. And uh, I gotta say, loved it. Thought it was fucking excellent. I really thought you would. I was a big fan. Loved every bit of it. I don't want to give too much away because it really works well to go into it. And it, it, I mean, this is me where I've never been a big, like, spoilers guy or shit like that just tell me what's happening i just want to see good story told right it's kind of fun to go into it not fully expecting what's going on yeah that's even kind of why i like held off on telling you too much about yeah. it yeah yeah i was like it's, it's it's an experience you want to go through yeah and it's just it's so fucking like what really kept catching my attention is the cinematography of that film is I mean, almost perfect. Like all of the shots are super smart. Mm -hmm. The and transitions are the, wonderful. The, the transition. It might be the smartestly. Er, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. Oof. Let, let me just sneeze instead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It might be the most intelligently edited film in the last ten years, if not more. Mm. With the transitions they do for shots, uh, with the fact that they do this great job of sort of making everything seem sort of real life and that where there's scenes where there's multiple people in a shot but there's you know one main character mm -hmm. and a, a lot of times they use tracking shots in this movie where you'll follow a character into a room or something like that mm -hmm. and instead of cutting and making it to where the main character is in the middle of the frame they use mirrors a lot where it's the main character is sort of stating in a room and there's just a mirror on the back wall or something like that but everybody's talking to them whoever the main character is and then the main character is looking at the mirror and they're looking at the reflections of the other characters in the scene and that is some of the smartest fucking shit in terms of cinematography i thought it was fucking genius oh, yeah. like loved the movie loved every bit of it but so many times during that film i kept like looking at him and be like that is a fucking great shot like i, I said that so many times during it. i was like that's a fucking genius shot that's perfect like this guy fucking gets it mm-hmm and uh yeah fucking loved it man oh, especially yeah. i mean it's like i said it's fucking spooky month man get out there yeah. and watch fucking midsummer what are you guys yeah. waiting for jesus christ which i also gotta say 
not handling horror movies as well as you do. How, how was that for you? Well, I went into it thinking it was a horror movie, and the way that I digested that film was that it wasn't a horror movie at all. I personally did not find any of it, like, frightening, but basically my best way of equating it is as a kid who was, like, a fucking Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass nerd when I grew up, it's basically Alice for a grown-up, kind of. So, like, I didn't see it as horror. I mostly just saw it as, like, an interesting, like, commentary exploration of, like, just weird shit that humans are capable of yeah. and could understand. Just a and journey through emotions, kind of. Mm. Yeah, and so it was super cool for me. And I kept, for the first 30 minutes, I thought it was shit because I thought it was a horror movie. I thought it was going to be super scary, jump scare, whatever the fuck, because of what I have to expect nowadays. And then I was like, okay, wait what okay let me settle into like okay i was wrong whatever i was expecting was not what this is so then like once i got past the first 30 minutes of being like what the fuck is happening this isn't what i expected it was just like okay this is perfect i love this if they wore more black then i totally join them but like a little too frilly for my kind of cult taste okay but like i get it yeah yeah she just didn't like that an old man was right in the cult. If it was an old woman, she'd have been. I mean, right, she right on it. she was kind of in charge too. <clears throat> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, fucking HBIC just running that shit. Which is it's really funny because like what Emma just said, it's almost like what we always talk about with the whole Oscars thing with horror movies, where when a horror movie is written really well, they don't call it a horror movie; it's a thriller or something mm, like horror, that. Yeah. And that's essentially what Emma just said, not in like a dis- disparaging way. But it's horror can be different fucking things. It doesn't have to be like a slasher flick or oh, yeah. super dark, bloody, fucking jump scares every 20 minutes kind of shit. Like, you can do horror in a lot of different ways. Oh, yeah. That's part of the reason why it's probably my favorite genre in film history, like mm. in film. Yeah. So you can do so much with horror films. And all of this just creates even more excitement for me. I have to show you Hereditary soon. I, like, can't, you're dude, just, I, I cannot It's going to blow you away. Oh, I fucking cannot wait. I'm like, so Mid- Midsommar was good, but Hereditary definitely <clears throat> tops it. It, it, it keeps coming up on my Amazon, because like, I have Amazon Prime. Oh, and yeah. I want to watch it, but I'm like, i got to watch it with Varvel, though, man. Like, I can't just watch it at home as much as I want to. Like, yeah, yeah. There's been so many times where like I've had like half, half days at work <laughs> and shit like that, and I'll go home, like, I'm going to watch something, like Hereditary will pop up. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I should you just could. call you. you I, should just, like, I should call you and just drive to your work and be like, go in your office. We'll just watch it together. And be like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a consultation. I'm uh-huh. hire this guy or something like that. <laughs> he looks like an IT guy. He's got long hair and a beard. He yeah. probably knows how computers work. We'll just sit there and watch Hereditary while you're on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Throw some cables through our network rack while we're sitting there. Yeah, yeah just, we'll, pre- we'll pretend like we know what's going on. Like, this is the Wi-Fi, but this is the network, so what's the difference? <laughs> we just fucking start the movie. Uh, but no, I fucking love the film. I thought it was fantastic. I'm nice. a huge fan of it. And like I said... I th- then I know you're also going to be on board. We have to track down that director's cut sometime. Oh have you heard God. about this? Yes, I have. I was reading... Add an extra like 44 minutes to the movie. Because as I always do with movies that I'm watching that I really mm. enjoy, I immediately pull up the I, the IMDB page okay. and I look through the trivia. Because mm. I like movie trivia. Because I'm fucking sad. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of trivia about that where, like, there's, like, 43 minutes cut out and he had all these other scenes planned that he was fucking around with and shit mm-hmm. like that. And this guy is, I mean, like I said, cinematography-wise, one of the smartest 
shot films ever. Like mm-hmm. the 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 framing, the the scene, the layout, the editing, everything like that, the transitions, fucking genius. Oh, man, yeah. And also the very subtle foreshadowing that he does in a lot of scenes mm-hmm. or it almost feels like kind of a fight club-esque feeling to it where it's like every time you watch it again you're like you catch one thing where you're like oh how did I not see that before fuck yeah. that's what that means and shit like that so I'm trying to not give too much away yeah yeah but I mean you guys have got to get out there and watch this fucking movie it is it, it's on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime it's, it's either on Amazon Prime or it's on the HBO channel yeah, it's, it's, it's one of Amazon, yeah but you, you gotta get out there. I think the even if you gotta rent it, it's like three bucks. It's fucking worth it. I guarantee. Absolutely. Get some buddies together. You know, get like a twenty four pack. Get a joint. Get a little high and watch this fucking movie. Turn the lights down. If you're fucking rich, get a projector set up outside. Start a bonfire. Then watch this movie with your friends around a bonfire. Dude. Holy shit! That's probably the best way to watch this movie. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, I would give Midsommar the giant A to Z stamp of approval. Heck yeah. That's a thing. Well, it, it already had the the A stamp of approval. Yeah, now, yeah. now it's got the Z as well. I don't remember exactly. I know it was in my top five. I think it was three or four. For movies yeah, because I mean, we were talking about it like, fuck, I don't know, four or five months ago we were even talking about this mm-hmm. fucking thing. So I was a huge fan of it. And, I, and again, it shows you just how just how wide the genre of horror film can be. And when you get a really creative director, like how great of a film it is. I mean, it's it's. I literally yell about this every fucking week on this podcast. We're just let fucking creative people make creative shit because mm-hmm. you get shit and you like see that. what happens. Yeah, and it's fucking fantastic. You get stuff so good, it's like the giant mechanical spider at the end of Wild Wild West with <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> Which is the pinnacle of creativity. I mean, that's probably the most creative thing I've ever seen in my life. Because it's the Civil War. You can't make giant mechanical spiders in the Civil War. That's stupid. But they pulled it off. Way to be, Will Smith. I don't think he wrote any of that movie. I really doubt it. He did write the song for it, though. Yeah. So, Wiki Wiki Wild, Wiki Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado. He's a rough rider. No, no, you don't want nada. Oh, none of this? Running this six gun on this. Buffalo Soldier. Look, you know what I told you? (laughs) Any damsel jazz in distress be out of that dress when she meet Jim West. That's all right. That's as far as I'm going to go. That was fucking well done, by the way. Hey. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Clank that. Oh, yep. I'm glad the mic's picked that up. Is there anything we need to talk about? That's a good opening, up. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Yeah. Everybody's feeling good. Make sure you got to run out and watch Midsommar. Yep. And then uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll, uh, I think it's going to be topic time. Okay. Nice. Feels like topic time. It really does. We're about that time. Start with some uh, lovable offbeat stories. The founder of Jelly Belly is giving away a candy factory in return for golden tickets. I saw that movie already. Fucking Johnny Depp sucked in it. We all know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is is a little weird. So go ahead and read through this if you would. All right. This is from IGN written by uh, Wesley LeBlanc. Jelly Belly's founder is on his way to becoming a real-life Willy Wonka after announcing a golden ticket competition. Before Jelly Belly founder David Klein made this recent announcement, the likes of Willy Wonka seemed fictitious and only to be found in books, movies, and TV. Klein, however, announced that he is launching a golden ticket competition where one winner will receive their very own candy factory, as reported by KTLA 5. It's going to be a treasure hunt across the whole entire country, Klein said in the competition announcement video. 
We're going to be hiding these golden dog tag-like necklaces. We've already hidden quite a few of them in every state. <laughs> Winners will receive $5,000 with a separate grand prize of receiving a key to a candy factory going to just one ultimate winner. While Will Willy Wonka made winning a golden ticket as easy as purchasing a chocolate bar, Clyde is instead going a different route. Each state has one riddle available for purchase. Jesus. <laughs> what kind of fucking Batman supervillain bullshit is this? I know. Each state has one riddle available for purchase on the competition's official site. The riddle that corresponds to each state can be purchased as a golden ticket for about $50. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Are you kidding me? Do you want people to win this fucking bullshit factory or not? Upon purchasing the golden ticket riddle... Upon the riddle's time release, that is a fucking terrible way to write that sentence, yeah. you'll be sent a special riddle that reveals the location of that state's golden dog tag-like necklace. While there's only one riddle that corresponds to each state, the riddle can be purchased by anyone for viewing. Find the necklace and you'll win $5,000. All players, winners, and losers will be able to join in on the ultimate treasure hunt at a later time. It's in this treasure hunt that participants will compete to win a candy factory. <laughs> it's important to note that Klein, despite founding Jelly Belly, is no longer associated with the company as he sold his shares of the company in the 1980s. <laughs> this guy is just fucking, just fucking good for him. I love yeah. this dude. This is so punk rock. He has started at least two additional candy-like companies. What the fuck is a, a candy-like candy -like. company? Yeah. I know what a candy company is. What is candy-like? Is it just high fructose corn syrup? Just Maybe. all the corn chips that we yeah. buy nowadays? Just gelatin. <laughs> uh, two additional candy light companies, so it's possible the prize of a candy factory will be keys to one of his new company's factories. We're going to have the ultimate treasure hunt where the winner will, will be receiving a key, a key to one of our candy factories, Klein said, before cheekily announcing, acknowledging how similar this is to the premise of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We're looking for you, Charlie, Klein said. I mean, <laughs> sure. $50 to buy a riddle. $50 that gives you for, a clue. for a chance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I were to win, I'm definitely turning that shit into like a a weed candy store for sure. I'm making like candy necklaces full of motherfucking THC. <laughs> Make candy snakes. Fucking dope. I mean, we all know who's going to win. It's the kid who had the fucking the integrity to return the everlasting gobstopper. That's how it works. We've all seen the movie. Yeah. Spoiler guess, alert. I'm talking about the Gene Wilder version because it's a far better version. Nothing against Tim Burton or Johnny Depp. I think they're both pretty talented dudes, but Gene Wilder's the man. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Gene Wilder. I mean, yeah, man, sure. Fucking go for it, David Klein, you crazy motherfucker. So you going to buy the $50 Illinois riddle ticket? No. I don't care that much. I don't have enough drive for that shit. I've never grown up being like, man, I wish I could own a candy factory. Although if I were to win it, like I said, definitely fill that shit with THC. So that'd be fun. And the next one kind of... Could concern your future. That's about AIDS. Microsoft's underwater server experiment looks like it was a success. Oh. So Microsoft had submerged a data center and found that they actually work better when they're submerged underwater. So, you know, your next job, you're going to be outfitting, like, tanks to oh, go down under the surface. Yeah. You're going to be like the fucking thing. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Sweet, yeah. <clears throat> Can't wait. 
Yeah, apparently in 2018, Microsoft had the idea to sink an entire data center to the bottom of the Scottish Sea as an experiment to see if submerged conditions were better for data centers. After two years, Microsoft has resurfaced its nautical data center and discovered the results turned out great. I mean, I guess I can see that. You don't have to worry about any kind of dust. It's all, mm. like, closed in an environment. There's yeah. no overheating. You right, it's basically like water cooling. Like, right. Yeah. Microsoft sunk 864 servers, which contained 27.6 petabytes of storage. That's a lot. Yeah, 117 feet into the ocean. That's like 27.6 petabytes. It's like every song ever written, right? Oh, Essentially. Like, yeah. <laughs> and probably half the movies ever made, yeah. Yeah, as it turns out, underwater data centers had just one-eighth the failure rate of on-land data centers. The reason is that on land, factors like oxygen, moisture in the air can corrode computer components. Not to mention the many temperature fluctuations over time. As I was just saying, like, nothing can rust. You can't overheat anything. You're not getting any extra dust or anything like that. So, yeah. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. If my company's going to start making this, that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm down. I would love to be, like, I would love to go scuba diving. So, if I get paid to do it, even yeah. better. And you get to go to Scotland. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll probably never leave. I'll <laughs> be at the fucking, the Glen Levitt uh, dis- uh, distillery. Just I- trying to break open barrels and drink them i can very easily see you in a kill and fucking dunk my head in like a like i'm bobbing for apples but i'm bobbing for scotch i always win <laughs> be like willie from the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> moving into some movie news information on the flash movie i don't all right <laughs> let some of that rage out here we go so it's going to restart everything but it doesn't forget about the past because the film will feature quote a lot of dc characters oh because they own all of dc i would hope it would fucking feature a lot of dc characters Mm -hmm. fucking lazy cunts so uh oh this is the one with batman uh being ben affleck and michael keaton right mm -hmm. okay yeah I've, i've heard about this a lot yeah yeah so apparently the new flash movie is directed by the guys that did the recent it reboot Andy Muschietti. I haven't seen Chapter 2 yet, but I like Chapter 1 a lot. During the session at the DC Fandom, it was revealed that the film will restart the DCEU in a way similar to how the J.J. Abrams Star Trek film rebooted that franchise without erasing what came before it. I mean, technically the Abrams Star Trek films did erase what came before it. That was sort of the whole point of the first movie. But this film is inspired by the Flashpoint saga from the comics. Love Flashpoint. Slated for release June 2nd, 2022. And will feature Batman, played by both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. I, mean, I think I've, I've talked about this on a podcast like way earlier, where yeah. if they ever did a Flashpoint movie, Keaton would be great for the Thomas Wayne character of Batman. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. The producer of the movie says, I want you to go see it, so I'm not going to tell you a lot. Okay. But what I will tell you is that it's a ride. It's going to be fun and exciting, and there are a lot of DC characters in it. Flash is the superhero of this film because he is the bridge between all of these characters and timelines. And in a way, it restarts everything and doesn't forget anything. I mean, it's really, technically, it's really um, close to how the comics work and that Mm. DC restarts their universe every five years because they don't want to stick to any one thing. But lucky for you. Those who know the Flashpoint storyline from the comics will still be surprised, though, since the film isn't a direct copy of that arc. Yeah, why would you want to copy a really well-done story arc that not a lot of people know? Exactly. That'd be stupid. Our movie Flash is based on Flashpoint, but it's not going to be exactly like Flashpoint, Andy Muschietti shared. 
Our movie is inspired by the original comic book saga, so you're going to find a lot of surprises and new events and a lot of thrilling things that are not in the comic book. So I mean, we're ready to sign you up, right? I just, I'm so, like, DC, if you take out the DC cinematic universe, like the movie, the li- the live-action films, hmm. I think DC has beaten Marvel 100%. <laughs> But then you add in the cinematic universe, and I mean, DC hasn't made a good live action movie, and I don't know, I guess Aquaman was pretty good. Yeah. Shazam, we both like that one. Okay, yeah, that is fair. Sh- Shazam was pretty good, but like, I mean, it's, it's all outliers. Like, Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. That's three that really. I mean, she's not quite an outlier. She's, she's pretty popular. I mean, yeah, she's part of the main three, but even still, it's not like she had anything to do in the fucking that Dawn of Justice bullshit movies they did there. Those were... Yeah. Which I, I haven't even seen the second one, really. <laughs> or I saw it once and didn't even get all the way through it. I was so fucking bored. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think The Flash is a really fun character. Because I mean, it, it's uh, Alan, right? It's Barry yeah. Allen. For the yep. Flash. Yeah. And I like Barry Allen as The Flash. And uh, what's his name who uh, plays him? Ezra Miller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our friend Alex is a huge fan of Ezra Miller. Oh, really? Yeah, they they think that he is a fantastic Flash. Hmm. And I wouldn't disagree. His suit needs to be changed, though. It looks a little too CWE. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Where it's like a little too much fucking like Arrow kind of looking. Which Arrow apparently is really good. And I've never gotten through the first season, not in like a, oh, it's terrible, because I've actually enjoyed it. But it's just, it's so long. Yeah. It's, it, it's, and it, it ties into all the other shows so much. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know how to even watch it. Like, Well, it, it also has the like the Dragon Ball Z problem, which is that, like, they needed to stretch what is essentially 13 episodes into 26 episodes. Yeah. So you get a lot of the filler episodes where G- Goku standing on the mountain with his hands out says, Summon the Spirit Bomb. And that's basically the episode for 20 minutes, where it's like, mm. you didn't need to break that up. You, we, we can turn this into 13 seasons and make it a concise, clean story. I don't even remember that from the Flash comics. Oh, with uh, Goku when yeah. he shows up? Yeah, yeah, no, it's Goku and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They oh. show up, okay. and then, um, uh, because they find a button that's a smiley face button with a drop of blood on it. That makes sense. That's always the key to everything. That actually is a storyline at one point. Yeah. The, the uh, Doomsday Clock is what it is, where they uh, Batman finds the button and the Watchmen universe is falling into the DC universe. Mm. It's actually a pretty good comic, to be honest with you. It's nice. not bad. Did they finally finish it? I know it was going on quite a while. I don't while. know if it's full on finished, but they've had quite a few uh, revelations in the story. Okay. So, well, I mean, it's... Yeah, I know it was one of those, it was like, it wasn't a monthly book. It was just like every, like, two or three months a new issue would come out. Whatever they felt like throwing one out. It's like I was saying, where DC likes to reset their whole universe every five years or so. Yeah. However, they always, they also always do the, like, sort of how, like, uh, Marvel has the Ultimates storyline, where it's like, yeah, we'll just do whatever the fuck we want. It doesn't matter what the canon is. Yeah. Kind of what DC does, but they have like 14 different versions of the Ultimates where it's like, yeah, let's just fuck around and write some stories, which I love, by the way. I like, as I always say, I like creative people being creative and let's create things. Yeah. But uh, it is kind of funny whenever like even the DC movie franchise is like, we're going to kind of restart it, but not fully. So, yeah. Come see our movie, please. Marvel's done. Marvel's the past. We're past it. (laughs) We're good. Everything died. Iron Man's dead. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, kind of. Fuck it. Natalie Portman's gonna be Thor. Captain Marvel's stronger than everybody, even though Alison Brie hates comic book movies. Or, not Alison Brie, what's her name? Brie Olsen. 
Larson. Yeah. yeah. Brie Olson. <laughs> Elizabeth Olson is <laughs> yeah. what I put into that. So yeah, I mean, they're like, fuck it. Marvel's gonna you know, be quiet for about a year or two. Like, let's fucking throw our movies out right now. We gotta get them out. So it stinks of creators trying to be creative and then um, disgusting corporate spreadsheet reading fucks mm-hmm. trying to make corporate decisions. So we'll see what happens. And that's a great segue. I know you might not have seen this yet because it just came out a few hours ago, right? As I was getting off work and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a perfect transition from the Flash topic to this. <laughs> For Spider-Man 3, Jamie Foxx's Electro is coming back oh, and will be part of the MCU. There's no need for that. <laughs> yes. I just, we don't... Jamie Foxx's Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is poised to join the MCU in the upcoming Spider-Man 3 starring Tom Holland. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Fox is in final talks to once again play Electro, but this time in the MCU. Story details are being kept under the mask, but having Fox return is a stunner, as it shows a future melding of the previous Spider-Man movies into the current Holland series, which is the first one that has Marvel running point on production. I mean, is the electricity still going to fix the gap in his teeth or not? (laughs) I know there's a lot to hate about the Amazing Spider-Man too, yeah. but for some reason that one makes me the most angry. Or the fact that he falls into a vat of electric eels and becomes Electro, and then the gap in his teeth gets fixed. Yeah. I don't know why that irritates me so much, but it does. <laughs> it's unclear whether Fox's Electro will indeed be the very same version as the one he played in Amazing Spider-Man 2, or if, like J. Jonah, he's going to be a revamped version. But if he is the same version, then it looks like we're looking at a real multiverse as opposed to the fake one Mysterio hoaxed people with. Mm. So this line of thinking, of course, opens the door to everyone from Tobey Maguire and Andrew yeah. Garfield's Peter Parker's to Miles Morales or <clears throat> Gwen Stacy being able to show up. Ooh. Or maybe even Charlie Cox's Daredevil from the well, Netflix series. Possibility. Fantastic Four. Eh. Fans are already taking to Twitter speculating if this news would mean that Spider-Man 3 could create a live-action Spider-Verse. I, mean, I can see them going that way just for how much, like... Uh, just how liked the Spider-Verse was. Like, yeah. why would they not kind of lean into that? Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I'll, I'll obviously see it. The funny thing with Spider-Man is that I think Spider-Man is a great character, and I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. The only problem with him is that he has kind of shit villains. <laughs> like, <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't really have great villains. Yeah. Like, most of his villains are like, oh, I'm a bank robber, but I found these special fucking superpowers for some reason. Yeah. Now I'm going to rob banks in a super special way. Yeah, I've got this Spider-Man suit. has to stop him. Yeah. And, like, that's part of the reason I like Spider-Man so much is that really the Spider-Man story is that, like, it's him trying to balance his life. It's essentially, it's a character drama is what the Spider-Man stories are mm-hmm. of him trying to be the the genius college kid and, you know, take care of his fiance and stuff like that. While also being Spider-Man and living up to the, you know, the responsibilities that his Uncle Ben gave to him as he fucking died his arms. Like, that's really where the great drama and the fun storytelling of Spider-Man comes from, is what he lives up to. It's not the villains. Spider-Man doesn't have great villains. I mean, they have been able to make great villains from the, from the movies with the Spider-Man villains. Because, I mean, you look at, like, uh, uh, Vulture. And mm-hmm. the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, yep. right? Was it Homecoming? Yep. Yeah. Where, I mean, we had Michael Keaton. And he, I mean, they did such a fun spin on Adrian Toomes, who the Vulture character is empty in the yeah. Spider-Man comics. He's just, oh, yeah. he's a guy who has a flight suit. And yeah. then he decides to rob banks. Yeah. Like every other Spider-Man villain ever, where it's like, I have this power, 
I'm going to rob banks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they like turned something into it and they made it a story. Or you yeah. look at the, uh, the Raimi movies with, yeah. I mean, they, they did the a Doc great Ock job. Was so perfect. Oh my God. The, the Doc Ock is one of the best villain stories ever, yeah. honestly. And I'm still a big fan of the Raimi Spider-Man movies. I think they're fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Spider-Man 2, to this day, top 10 best superhero movies ever made. Easily. Yeah. Definitely in the top 10. Especially when you take into account how far ahead of its time it was. Mm -hmm. And that Raimi, and what it built upon from the first one, oh too. Oh, my God, like, yes. The first one was good, too. But this one just takes it up another level. The second one takes everything that was good about the first one and adds 10 to all of it. And then, like, you think of how far ahead it was. Where like, And then he even did the thing that I like about comic book movies, which is took this, the character seriously without taking the movie too seriously. Like, he walked that perfect tightrope that you have to walk for a good superhero movie mm -hmm. of having fun, but also being serious with the characters. Like uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Another or, great example. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. That kind of yep. thing where it's, you have a heartfelt character-driven drama while also kind of giving a, not full-on like a wink-wink, super like over-the-top, like, oh, yeah, this is a fucking superhero movie, right? But in acknowledging that, like, this is a little silly, yeah, but it's you, okay that it's silly. You get a little levity out of it, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's better to have that because it makes the drama, like, better. It, it, it's the whole idea of, like, a, like a palate cleanser. Yeah. If you're having a really nice gourmet meal, you'll have something like, you know, like a really savory dish. And then they'll give you, like, a, a semi-sweet sort of sorbet to cleanse the palate so you can go back to your next dish and nothing gets meddled together. You're not having yeah. stew. You're having courses. Right. And they're fit together well. So, I mean, Jamie Foxx going back as Electro when, I mean, I think we can all agree that the Amazing Spider-Man movies 1 and 2 are fucking atrocious. I can't speak to it because I've never seen them, but I, I've avoided them because of the fact that they looked awful so i've technically watched them all the way through it took me about five or six times for each of them because mm. was like i mean they'll just come on tv I'm like yeah if i could i'll watch it sure yeah if i had tv that would have been enough i admit i think that uh gwen stacy i think the casting for gwen stacy with emma stone i thought mm. that was a really smart i thought she did a really good job with that they somehow were able to take away the uh emotional uh punch that is the death of Gwen Stacy for the Spider-Man story. Oh, yeah. Which, hmm. to this day, I think is one of the greatest uh, tragedies in a hero comic ever. Yeah. And that he does everything right, but he still can't save her. And that, and that still molds him as a character, where he's like, I mean, I can still fuck up. I still have to try my best to save everybody. Yeah. And they somehow were able to fuck that up, even. Where, I mean, like, you literally just have to just just do the comic panels. That's all yeah. you gotta do. Write down it's, all the it's dialogue. It's already, yeah. Just do that, and you're fine. But instead, they made it so fucking ham fisted. Half the movie, you have Dennis Leary as Ghost Dad Part 2 just showing up to Peter Parker. With, what? Oh my god. Oh, you, you haven't seen Amazing Spider Man 2. No. There are quite a few scenes where. Because at the end of the first Amazing Spider-Man, and by the way, Andrew Garfield, terrible American accent. I want to point that out. Okay. And pretty shitty Peter Parker. Especially the way they wrote him in that movie, they made him too cool. Mm. He's all like hipster and cool. Like he's got like cool hair and he skateboards and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not Spider-Man. Exactly. It's like he, there's never any nerd. It's it's because Andrew Garfield's almost too handsome. It doesn't work. Like you can't give him cool styled hair and let him be like all tall and pretty and shit like that. It's like, yeah, he's not gonna be the nerd. Chicks in high school are gonna try to fuck this guy. There's no <laughs> fucking way he's the nerd. 
And, like, I mean, I guess they kind of touch on the fact that he's smart, he's in advanced classes and stuff like that, but never really comes back. And then his whole hero's journey starts with him just looking for vengeance. It's it's really fucking shitty. The first <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man, essentially, where... Because the Spider-Man origin story is almost the perfect superhero origin story. Yeah. And they sort of just buttfuck it for 45 minutes. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, although the, the suit did look cool, I will admit that the suit in the Amazing Spider-Man movies looked kind of cool. But anyway, Gwen Stacy's dad is played by Dennis Leary, and he's like the oh, chief okay. of police or something like that. That makes sense. <laughs> and then they they did the lizard storyline uh, with Doctor Connors. Okay. And I believe Doctor Connors is played by uh, Paul Bettany, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So that's a fun little tie-in. Yeah. It's Vision. So. But yeah, so the like the lizard thing happens, and uh, Peter and Gwen are kind of dating, and then Dennis Leary, uh, what's his, I forget his first name. He's like he's like Detective uh, Stacy, yeah. whatever the fuck, or Captain Stacy. He hates Spider Man obviously because he's a fucking menace. He's a menace, is what he is. <laughs> he's a goddamn thief and a criminal. Uh, and so blah blah blah, all of typical bullshit Hollywood things happen but then he dies at the end of it during like the big fight with the lizard and he finds out that Peter is Spider-Man oh. and he tells him to stay away from Gwen to like protect Gwen kind of thing where he's like you know don't let my daughter get into like danger mm-hmm. so the second movie <laughs> involves that where it's like Gwen clearly wants to fuck Peter because it's Andrew Garfield and he's 6'2 with perfect hair and like you know pretty with a great jaw and she's Emma Stone, and she's fucking stupid hot. Which, sidebar, I gotta talk about Emma Stone later. Okay. Um, so, he's trying to pull away from her, because he want, he doesn't want to date her, because he, like, his last request from her dad was, like, don't fuck my daughter. So he's doing his best to not fuck Emma Stone. Which, granted, takes a lot, because Emma Stone is hot as shit. That does take great responsibility. But there are several scenes, and by several, I mean probably eight or nine in that movie where like he'll have a moment with Gwen or something like that and then he'll turn to his right and then Dennis Leary is just in the shot and it's literally just like Peter having like hallucinations that her dead father is there or maybe it's his force ghost. I don't know what they yeah. did with the new okay. Star Wars. That's true. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, there is there is Ghost Dad part 2 in the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wow. So fucking fantastic. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. The Amazing Spider-Man was terrible. Jamie Foxx's Electro was fucking awful. Probably the best part of that movie was, uh, what's his name, Paul Giamatti playing Rhino. Oh, and okay. And that lasted for all of 15 minutes. Oh, nice, okay. So, I mean, awesome. Way to be. <laughs> and then The Amazing Spider-Man 2 does have my favorite worst line read of all time. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, it's the, you're a fraud, Spider-Man. I've, I've shown that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was from that. That's okay. from that movie. I thought that was from the game or something. Yeah, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 has almost the problem that uh, Spider-Man 3 had, where it's like, let's jam too many fucking villains on this. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's terrible. The best thing about The Amazing Spider-Man movies is the suit. The, the suit was pretty cool. Okay. And that's about it. <laughs> Andrew Garfield can't do an American accent. Yeah. And then they made... I'm still Parker. not sure I ever want to watch them now. So. Yeah. Oh, no, you gotta watch them. They're, fucking, <laughs> they're so terrible. I love it. I love that. Maybe in November. October's for horror movies. That's true. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, do it later on. Yeah, okay. We can have a hate watch together and watch those. They're so much... They're so terrible. It's awesome. Speaking of hate, 
You're you're gonna flip out on this one. No fuck. Was this Lucian Greaves? Is he involved in this? Uh, he might be. There's got to be some underhanded. That feud is still going on. Okay. I, I might have been quiet about it lately. You but have, he's yeah. still my fucking number one enemy. I'm taking okay. his ass down someday. Okay. I swear to God. <laughs> so the Spawn movie. We've been excited about that. We brought it up a few times here lately in the topics. Love Spawn. Uh, apparently the script is taking on a new direction now. Oh, fuck. The uh, side quote or the, you know, sub-headline. So we're going to make the movie definitely. I don't know when we are going to make the movie. Fans have been waiting for the long-awaited Spawn reboot, ever since Todd McFarlane announced that he would be collaborating with Blumhouse to bring the character back to the silver screen. But it looks like the wait may have to be a bit longer than expected, with the script not deemed ready by producer Jason Blum. Get the fuck out of here, Blum. Piece of shit. In an interview with Abu, Abu Dhabi Culture, as what? part of their cultural conversation series. Wait, hey, what? <laughs> we're letting Abu Dhabi decide who the fuck? We're, isn't that where we tortured all those prisoners of war? What the fuck? It was. It was good. <laughs> Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions has said that the Spawn live-action movie with Jamie Foxx is still not quite ready, with the script taking a completely new direction. Why? Blum also reiterated that the film would be R-rated. It fucking better be. Yeah. If if I get a PG-13 Spawn movie, I'm setting fire to something. Right. I can guarantee that. Yeah. But Todd already had this all ready to go. He was all ready to make it himself. Remember the last yeah, time we talked exactly. about this? Exactly. Like, why is he was like, "Fuck Hollywood, I'll just do it yeah, myself." Tell Jason, that, like, and and I like Blumhouse Pictures. Exactly. Tell yeah. Jason to shut the fuck up and do what you usually do. Let the creators create. Yeah. You've literally got the most creator of Spawn, the dude who fucking invented it. Let him write the fucking movie, make it R-rated, yeah. fucking make the goddamn movie. Who gives a fuck about movie theaters anymore? It doesn't matter. Put it on Amazon or Netflix, you'll make your goddamn money back. Mm-hmm. Somebody made a documentary with four parts about a crazy, methed-out gay dude who had tigers, and that made fucking millions of dollars. We can make a live-action Spawn movie, we'll make your money. Motherfucker. Balone says the script has got to be right. There's a real desire for the movie. You have Jamie Foxx and Spawn and Todd McFarlane and like, you just got to make the movie, Blum said. But then I said, don't make it. I think probably I frustrated Todd a little bit. Get the fuck out of here. Jason. And I've just said like, we don't just have to make the movie. We, You know we have to make the right movie with the right script. And it's a hard script to get right. And you know the recent events in the United States around race have made it even harder oh, to get it right. You've got to do it really carefully and thoughtfully. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna make the movie definitely. I don't know when we're going to make the movie. We're actually kind of retackling. We're going down a different direction with the story than we had in the past. But we are not going to make the movie until that script is great. And one of these days, it will be great, and we will make it. And cue rage. It's fucking terrible. Are you fucking kidding me? Why would you bring up the fucking race relations and the Cause that would have spawns black? Yes, Zach. of course spawns black. He's one of the first black superheroes. Nobody ever fucking talked. He was literally the second, the second black superhero movie ever made was Spawn. The first one was Blade, and then Spawn was three years later. Yeah. Fucking. But here's the thing about Spawn. What they're gonna do, I can already fucking tell, because Blumhouse is being a fucking idiot. Jason usually just lets his creators create, but now all of a sudden, I guess he wants to get fucking special Twitter points for being like, fucking gotta help out the black people. Spawn has always been a black character. You're not breaking new ground by making Jamie Foxx Spawn. Spawn has literally always been black from the beginning because Todd McFarlane's not a fucking idiot and he knows how to write stories. But here's the thing. I can already tell from that stupid-ass fucking quote he had with, like, it's even harder now with the way race relations are going on. Yeah, mm. what was it? 
the right movie, the right script, and it's hard script to get right. And you know, the recent events in the United States around race have made it even harder to get it right. No, it's not, because race has nothing to do with the Spawn character. Yeah. It's literally the whole point, and I can guarantee you what's coming from this fucking quote I just read. That means he's going to make the main bad guys, they're going to be like, white supremacist or Nazis or something like that where it's like we have to make sure everyone knows that these are the bad guys Mm -hmm. they're the only ones that would deal with the devil Spawn doesn't just kill bad guys Spawn kind of kills everybody it's sort of like he's sort of like a gray area kind of what's a good word for it I don't know anti-hero I think that works pretty well right (laughs) and so they're gonna just fucking ham fist this motherfucking bullshit into this and like the end of the movie would be like just remember guys racism is wrong I'm like yeah, we know that. We're fucking Spawn fans. You can't be racist and be a Spawn fan because he's been black forever. Yeah. There's no way to be racist and a Spawn fan. That's just not how that works. Yeah. In every iteration, too. The comic, the yeah. animated series, the movie. He has never once been yeah. white. Ever. Not once has Spawn ever been white. Like, um, unless he's going to just fuck with everybody and make Spawn white now and be like, yeah, we need to, you know, because we've been doing a lot of race flips. I figured we'd do this one, too. <laughs> Which, honestly, if we did that, kind of the greatest troll ever. <laughs> But no, he's going to ham-fist this bullshit and make it a... Instead of having the morally gray fun part of what Spawn is, where it's like, oh, he's fucking Hell's Assassin, and there's fucking heavy metal music playing all the time, and his cape kills people, and it's all skulls and fucking chains and badass shit, he's going to be like, just remember guys, racism is bad. And don't get me wrong, of course racism is fucking bad. I stand for the Black Lives Matter movement, not the Black Lives Matter organization. We're not going to get into politics. Sure. We all stand for that. We this fuck. If you're a racist, don't listen to this podcast. I don't want you around. You're a fucking dick. You don't have to ham fist this bullshit in. What the fuck, man? You're ruining what Spawn is. He's supposed to be ambivalent, a gray kind of moral character. That's kind of what's fun about Spawn is that you're like, I mean, he's kind of the bad guy, but he's kind of a good guy too. Like, it's the same thing with the fucking Punisher. Is is that what you want to do with the fucking Punisher? Uh, TV show, just have him just just kill like I don't know rich bankers. It's like oh they're 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 the bad guys. Just to make sure you guys knew who the bad guys were, this is the bad guys. It, you know, like did fucking Marvel do that with the the Infinity War movie? They wrote Thanos with a Thanos, the guy who wanted to kill literally fifty percent of the existing population of the universe. Half of all living things were going to die, and they wrote him with a, a characterization and a storyline that you could almost sort of identify with. Yeah. There's a character. It was empathetic. Yeah. He's a full-blown, fleshed-out character. It wasn't he was just like, I think half the people are fucking black and stupid. I want to kill them all. Like, you know, put a fucking straw hat on him and a corncob pipe. and shit I mean, He like was that. a farmer. He was a farmer afterwards because oh, okay. he wanted yeah. peace. <laughs> But I just, oh, God, that makes me so fucking nervous. Why is fucking Jason Blum doing this? Yeah. He's made so many good movies. Why is he fucking up now? Goddamn Hollywood. Fuck Hollywood. <laughs> it's full of fucking pedophiles. And all it wants to do is pretend like it's not bad because it's going to be like, hey, we hire black people sometimes. Like, you're still fucking kids. I don't care how many fucking black people you hire while you fuck kids in the background, goddamn rich pedophile cunts. It's fucking bullshit. It's a great character who I've always loved. And I've always backed up Spawn. I've always been a big fan of Spawn. Mm. And I never thought of Spawn as a black character. He's Hell's Assassin. I didn't give a fuck what color his skin was before he became Hell's Assassin. That's part of the reason I'm not racist. I had characters that I grew up with who were black 
and it, them being black wasn't their only fucking personality. Yeah. This whole movie, it's going to turn into a fucking Barack Obama. Uh, it's like in 2008 when Barack Obama ran for president, and that was just all the fucking uh, uh, commercials. Which is like, I mean, if you don't hate black people, you should probably vote for Barack Obama. They're just going to ham fist this bullshit, infantilized fucking garbage were to teach us that racism is bad. We fucking know racism is bad. How much you want to bet right now that part of his costume is missing so you can see that he has black skin the entire movie? Oh my movie. god, yes. No, it'll probably... I bet you it'll, it'll be the head and it'll have like a... Like a uh, Afro. Fucking, um, oh, what was the kid's name? Who was the bad guy in Black Panther? Michael B. Jordan. So, you know how Michael B. Jordan had that like that really dope-ass haircut with like... It was kind of like a high fade on the side but he had kind of the longer, almost like semi-dreads? Mm-hmm that's what the spawn outfit is going to be is that he'll have the full suit except for like on the top of his head where that shit will be sticking out so it'll be like oh he's got natural hair because he's some strong black character I'm like no he's a fucking assassin Jesus Christ and I mean granted I, I could be wrong here I might just be overreacting but it, with the way that that thing and especially the fact that he's pissing off Todd McFarlane mm-hmm. we all know Todd McFarlane's not a racist Fucking forty percent of the characters he's written have been fucking black people, and sixty yeah. percent of them have been gay. Yeah, the guy is not bigoted in any kind of fucking way. He just likes his characters that he makes. He likes to tell a good story, and the fact that Jason Blum is pissing off Todd McFarlane that means that Jason Blum wants to go full Hollywood. That on should be shit. red flag right there. Yeah. They're gonna try to turn this into like fucking Oscar bait, essentially. Where it, ugh, they'll probably give Spawn AIDS at the end of it or some bullshit like Moonlight. Fuck. God damn it. I'm going to keep you upset for the next couple. I'm sorry. But I'm it's sorry. already flowing through you, so we might as well get through it. Yeah. Six and a half weeks at this point. So, despite me not seeing it yet, I was yeah, kind of sad because, uh, this, yeah, yeah, you were just talking about it a few episodes ago that I should start watching Venture Brothers, and it's been canceled now. I mean, all the seasons are still on Hulu, man. You yeah. gotta watch them. Okay. I was honestly, but it I was, seems pretty shitty. Cause... I was unaware they were still going. Oh, really? Honestly. So, I mean, I, I guess they took a like a kind of a break in between certain seasons. It looks like it, yeah. Because this is, they were, uh, creator Christopher McCulloch and the show's writers found out the news that they were canceled as they were in the middle of writing season eight. I think we talked about this at a party, right? We were talking about this? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. So he broke it on news saying, unfortunately, it's true. Venture Brothers has been canceled. We got the highly disappointing news a few months ago while we were writing what would have been season eight. We thank you, our amazing fans, for 17 years of your kind and patient attention. And as always, we love you. It's a fucking so they've only done seven seasons over 17 years. So yeah, yeah they've definitely had okay, some breaks. So yeah, so th- there was a big break. So it's such a good show, though. Venture Brothers is hilarious. It has one of my favorite characters of all time, Brock Samson. Oh, yeah. He's the fucking man. <laughs> Apparently they're going to try to bring it back as like a comic book, maybe. It's okay. like a little special. I mean, I, I love the Venture Brothers. I've always kind of pumped that up. I think it's one of the funnier shows out there. I mean, it was right around the time of like, when Adult Swim was really hitting its fucking stride with like Aqua Teen and uh, C Lab Twenty Twenty One, okay, and nice, and yeah, stuff like that. You have the Venture Bros, and it was just it's so fucking funny, <laughs> and it's just like this perfect fucking satire, which is just sort of making fun of like sci-fi, nerdy, uh, spy movies, and also pop culture and superheroes. Yeah. Fucking funny. They do a whole bit where they essentially satirize the entire uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, nice. <laughs> Where uh, Mr. Fantastic is like this overbearing, um, like almost abusive husband 
And then the thing is mentally handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> That's not far off. And yeah. then John, Johnny Storm, uh, whenever he catches on fire, it hurts. And so like he has to live in like an oxygen free environment. Somebody tries to free him and he catches on fire immediately and he's just like ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> And then the invisible woman, uh, she can only make her skin invisible, so she just becomes like like a skeleton covered in muscle. <laughs> Stuff like that. Oh god. It's fucking hilarious. This is a great episode. <laughs> One more piece of TV news here. This one's going to set you off again, I think. No Possibly. Sure. It's it's one of the stupidest ideas I've heard of in a while. So Worse than trying to make Spawn a fucking movie about racial equality in America? In a way, yeah, I think. Perfect. Yeah. So they're going to be a RoboCop prequel series. It's in development. And it won't feature RoboCop. No, it's not RoboCop. Yeah. It's yeah. just a cop movie. Yeah. It's just fucking Lethal Weapon. Just call it. Just call it a Lethal Weapon remake and move on. What it's even worse than that because the series will detail the rise of the Omni Consumer Products Corporation and the company's vice president Dick Jones in its early stages of development. Well, who the fuck is gonna watch this? <laughs> I'm probably. Why, why would you do this? I'm probably the biggest RoboCop fan in the planet. Yeah. And I'm not gonna watch this. Who the fuck is gonna watch this? They've got the scriptwriter of the original 1987 movie revealed that he is working at MGM on the series, and his quote, go ahead and read that. It has all the cool stuff about RoboCop, except no RoboCop. What? <laughs> they don't call it RoboCop. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. I mean, if it's the same uh, scriptwriter, which I don't know how much he had to do with the original movie Yeah. off the top of my head. And I mean, I think the original RoboCop is one of the greatest satirizing action films ever absolutely it is so smart and funny while also being dumb and action completely over the top yeah uh, but I, so i don't know how much ed neemier newmeyer uh, i think Niemeyer, yeah. mm-hmm. i don't know how much he had to do with the first film which i think is literally one of the like perfect films in the world i don't think you can find something wrong with the original robocop yeah. movie well apparently it had too much robocop yeah I, I i guess but i just i mean what are you going for here, bro? If you want to make like a satirizing, like kind of, uh, oh fuck, it's like Amazon, but even worse or something mm-hmm. like that. You don't have to call it RoboCop, dink. <laughs> the same shit I got mad about with that bullshit Joker movie with yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, where it's like you have a story you want to tell, but you, you need to steal somebody name else's fucking name so yeah. you can sell some fucking tickets. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because nobody's gonna watch this. Like I said, I'm probably one of the biggest RoboCop fans on this planet. I don't gotta watch this motherfucker. Yeah. Go ahead and keep reading this. I can't believe this guy just quoted this stuff. Like, that's... <sighs> okay, so from the same fuckface that said this. There's the idea of doing things about business and law enforcement in the city of Detroit a minute and a half in the future. What the fuck is that even? It would be a way to do all sorts of stories about business and tech, Silicon Valley, corporations, snakes and suits, cops, all that. Newmeyer seems to suggest that the show doesn't have a formal green light yet. No shit. <laughs> Stating that MGM still needs to find the right partners and produce a pilot episode. Yeah, good luck finding somebody. Yeah. Can you imagine your pitch is... So imagine RoboCop, but mm. without RoboCop. Yeah, take that out. I mean, cops? We already got rid of that movie. We gotta take that... We gotta take the whole show off. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. The evolution of Richard Jones to Dick Jones, the story of OCP, and how the world moves into the future, how the corporate world behaves. <laughs> Just fucking watch Wolf of Wall Street. I guarantee it's better. <laughs> if you're gonna do a movie about how corporations are bad... 
and not set it in the future, then you just you watch fucking Wall Street with Charlie Sheen or something like that. Or <laughs> he also notes that people don't necessarily start out as bad guys, suggesting that Jones may not be quite at the scumbag as he was in the 1987 movie when played by Ronnie Cox. He didn't start out as a bad guy in the fucking movie that he actually wrote. He was just a CEO. <laughs> yes. He wasn't a bad guy until halfway through the fucking movie. That's literally the whole turn. That's the second act of the film. That's how it all works. It's his fourth directive that you can't fucking see. It's in question marks. Then you find out you can't arrest anybody that works for OCP. This is, did, did, are you sure he wrote this? I'm, I'm not, no. It's a fucking film. What are we talking about? <laughs> what the fuck? But now you can go into so many more layers, man. This would be like if Spielberg was talking about Raiders, and he's mm. like, but here's the thing. It's not about the golden idol in the very beginning of the movie. Like, yeah, we know. We saw a fucking movie. I'm aware. I was there. I fucking saw it. Fucking coked out idiot. Oh my god. Why? Why the fuck? None of this makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. I really thought this was like an April Fool's joke or something when I, I first feel, read this article. I feel like you're fucking with me. Did you make this? Did you Photoshop this fucking bullshit article together just to make me angry? Like, why would. None of it. He wasn't the bad guy to begin with. That's the whole fucking point. He's almost the hero for the first twenty or thirty minutes. He yeah, saved trying to save Detroit. Life. Yeah. The fucking cop gets executed forty fucking times by Kurtwood Smith, the dad from that Saudi show, where he gets blown up with every fucking squib ever. Fucking great scene by the way. And so then, like, the, he's essentially pronounced dead, but he's like, "No, we need him for the RoboCop fucking thing," because the other, the XJ9 or whatever the fuck it was, you know, Ed two hundred nine. Yeah, the that. The Ed 209 shot that dude 40 fucking times in the corporate board meeting. He's like, now's my time to step up. So he's kind of not exactly the hero, but he's not a bad guy either. For the first 45 minutes to an hour and a half of the film, until he's shown to be the bad guy at the end of it, and you find out what Directive 4 is for RoboCop, where he can't fucking arrest him until the human part of RoboCop's brain overcomes that and shoots that motherfucker like 40 fucking times. You're not telling us anything fucking new. We saw it. We were there. It's like, you know, he's not a bad guy to begin with. I'm like, he's not a bad guy at the end of it either. So what, does his character change at all in this fucking movie? Are you telling me that his life went like a fucking roller coaster up and down bullshit because you don't know how to write a goddamn script? Fuck. <laughs> you useless idiot. Fuck me. Fucking dick slapping, cock looking, fucking fuck stick. Fuck. Why are you ruining RoboCop? RoboCop's the perfect film. There's no need. You already did the remake, which sucked, by the way. It was okay. It sucked. Let's be honest here. It sucked. I haven't seen it. I hated it. Okay. The first RoboCop film is one of my favorite movies of all time. I could watch it a hundred fucking times sure. and never get tired of it. This guy, fucking Newmeyer, what are you doing, bro? The second one is not a good movie, but it's fun to hate watch. It is fun. It's a fun And movie. I've never seen the third one. It just looked awful. I liked it. I was like nine the first time I saw it, but I liked it. <laughs> but I just, uh, it has all the cool stuff about Robocop, except no Robocop. So fucking nothing then? Yeah. I mean, well, what is it? Is it just 45 minutes of the guy from that one scene going, I'd buy that for a dollar? It's about the only other thing that's fun about Robocop. Clearly you wouldn't buy it for a dollar. Do you even, does he remember what movie he wrote? He's probably watching 16 Candles being like, you know, I should have put that Robo in there. Like, it would have been cooler with that robots in it. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Fucking <laughs> coked out idiot. Can someone just fucking just put him in a home and be done with this? This yeah. is ridiculous. Fuck. He wants to come out of the woodwork 33 years later and <laughs> try to make a prequel series. I want to put him in the woodwork and then drown him in the river. 
Just shoot him in the dick. Like yeah. what happened in his original film that was good. <laughs> Something tells me he didn't have that much to do with the original movie. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm a little dubious. Of it, there's yeah. no fucking way that a guy who made the first movie would be like, let's take all the cool shit about that movie and get rid of it. <laughs> hey, I'm going to make a Star Wars prequel, but you know how like everybody likes like lightsabers and the Force and characters? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just going to make it... It's just going to be like... Did you ever see uh, Weekend at Bernie's? I'm going to do that, but with Jar Jar Binks. Hmm. I think everybody's going to like it. And then you're going to see that Jar Jar Binks wasn't always the villain. Oh, okay. But he was. But he was. Or was he? Or was he not? I don't know. I didn't watch the fucking movie as much as Ed Newmeyer did. You fucking pasty ass, goddamn scrawny fuck. Snap you like a goddamn toothpick. I will fold your fucking clothes while you're in them, kid. Step to me. Fuck you up. Fuck. Yeah, we're going to bring Happy Bissack back. <sighs> Well, maybe. I forgot. This This is a multi-layered story here. Ooh. So, Harley Quinn is getting a season three. Excellent. It's coming to HBO Max. Oh. And the DC Universe streaming service is being rebranded as DC Universe Infinite. So it's not going to be on DC Universe? It's not. Or? It's only on HBO Max. What's DC Universe going to have? Though? The service isn't being shuttered entirely. It will instead be rebranded as DC Universe Infinite. And will emphasize DC's library of 24,000 digital comics. I like that. And HBO Max will become the sole home for Harley Quinn and other DCU inclusive shows like Young Justice, Titans, and Doom Patrol. Okay. So basically all the shows are getting moved off to HBO Max. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's just going to be about the comics now. I mean, I guess if uh, DC Universe, like if the, the price I pay for it goes down a little bit and like it's just for comics, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Technically, yeah. I would be mad. I'll just get HBO Max. Right. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. Would I get that for free? You already have it. Yeah, if you're subscribed to HBO, you have HBO Max. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. yeah, I don't care. This is fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to watch season two of Harley Quinn. Oh, really? You yeah. haven't seen it yet? That's pretty good. I watched uh, a couple of the first episodes. Okay. They've yet to do a PlayStation app for it, so I have to like get my laptop out. Oh, that's right. I forgot about all that. The HDMI cord in to watch it on my TV. So. Yeah, that's weird. It's been really good, though. Love oh, yeah. it. I think it's fantastic. No other details on uh, season three yet. Okay. Uh, looks cool. like it will be. Uh... I heard that fucking Ed, fucking Newmeyer is gonna get involved. He's like, <laughs> I want to make Harley Quinn season three, but you know what? No Harley Quinn. Yeah. I'm gonna make it about the fucking hyenas that she rides around every now and then on a sled. <laughs> I figure. Let's see if people think that they've just always been bad dogs. Maybe mm-hmm. they weren't always bad dogs. Maybe yeah. they used to be s- snow dogs. And then fucking Cuba Gooding Jr. can show up and talk to him or some shit like that. Or Paul Walker will get there. That was 8 Below, but it's the same fucking movie. It doesn't matter. So they're actually also moving up the release dates, too. So DC Universe Infinite is relaunching on January 21st of next year. (gasps) The service will continue to offer access to DC's full digital comics library and unlimited offline downloads. And the current print comics will now be added to the service six months after the original release rather than the current 12-month cycle. Nice. Okay, right on. And they'll also begin releasing exclusive comic book content on DC Universe Infinite. Smart. Along with the ability to read digital first titles like Batman Gotham Knights and Harley Quinn Black plus White plus Red before they debut on other platforms. All right. DC will also offer members-only access to various fan events. Likely building on the recent success of the DC fandom. Yeah, that, that thing was huge, that, that fandom. Mm-hmm. I fucking blew everybody away. Okay, so yeah, that's kind of neat. Okay, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not fully against it. I guess it's kind of a money grab, but... Yeah. Oh. Retains the same pricing scheme, though. Okay. $7.99 a month or 75 for an annual subscription. Yeah. Current subscribers will be automatically rolled over to the new Infinite 
and be rewarded with vouchers for the DC shop. $10 for monthly subscribers and $25 for annual pass holders in February. I go a monthly subscriber. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't pay attention. I know you did a year at first when you first did it, but I don't know what what the re-up was like. It might still be a a year then. Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. I just know that you told me it was coming out, so I downloaded it and paid for it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep, I'm in. That's cool. Okay, right on. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's kind of sad that, I mean, well, it really doesn't change anything for me at all, because I'll, yeah. I'll just download HBO Max, I'll still be able to watch all the shit on my phone. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, kind of a bummer, but it's good to see DC is making some money with their animated shows, because DC has always had better animated series and animated movies than Marvel has. So. Sure. I think that's the best place for comic book movies to shine, is to have a bit of anime, because, I mean, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2... Fucking with uh, RoboCop, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I, that's one of the greatest movies in the last ten years. Not just animated movies. One of the greatest movies in the last ten years. So, just think about that. Yeah. Moving into some other news, we have talked about this already, but just wanted to bring it up again. They've cast a new Jack Reacher for the Amazon series. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, last last week over mm-hmm. at the party. Yeah. yeah. It's Thad. Yeah, Alan Richardson. From uh, what was it? Blue Mountain State. Blue Mountain State. Yeah, he's Thad in Blue Mountain State, and he's also uh, the dude from Laser Blast or Laser Team. If you guys are uh, Rooster Teeth fans. Okay. So. so yeah, definitely seems like he looks apart from what you've described. Oh yeah, I know for sure. I mean, he's got that sh- that shovel fucking jawline and shit mm-hmm. like that. Just I mean, and apparently he's a pretty big dude. Mm-hmm. So I mean, which yeah, is I what, could see him jacking out a bit. You know, yeah, do some workouts. Is, which is what Jack is supposed to be. I mean, mm-hmm. Jack Reacher's like, I think he's 6'5 in the comics, or 6'7, something like that, yeah. or comics, <laughs> the books. Yeah. He's like 6'5, 250 or something like that. Like, he's a fucking giant. That's the whole point of the Jack Reacher character, is that he's like this uber man who doesn't really have to worry about anything. Nice. So, I can see it being pretty good. Yeah. Season one's going to cover the events of the first novel, The Killing Floor, Excellent. which was released in 1997. They're really good books. Okay. I, 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 like him a lot so i mean i'm gonna watch it and they've got uh nick santor is gonna be the showrunner he was a writer and producer from prison break which was a pretty good show oh, i like that i heard that show was good mm-hmm. <sighs> i liked it quite a bit excuse me never got around to watching it myself so and last bit of tv news here we yeah. got some new mandalorian news prior to the emmy awards john carlo esposito got interviewed which he came in at the last episode you know holding the dark saber and everything mm-hmm. and uh he speaks about the potential to build upon the groundwork that's already been established in the first season and the upcoming second season. <clears throat> he says that we're living in a universe that is huge and there's much to explore. So I think the show is going to lay the groundwork for the depth and breadth that's going to come in seasons three and four, where you're really going to start to get answers. Okay. So it sounds like they're doing a little bit of a slow build, which is good. You know, it's what you were saying about earlier. You know, develop the characters, you know, get to know yeah, a little better. Biggest care. Yeah. They did a good job with season one, I thought, but you know. I got to really dig the fact that, like, Kind of what they did with uh, the Mandalorian, with like Dave Filoni being involved in stuff like that, where he's the guy who wrote the Clone Wars shows and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Where he kind of he's clearly a huge nerd for Star Wars, and he's been taking a lot of shit from the extended universe that was technically burned and said like you know doesn't count anymore, and he's put it into his shows, and his shows have done so well that it's That's just awesome. like now they've he's almost made it canon, recanonized. Yeah, yeah, he's like recan because like the whole Dark Saber that was a re uh, recan canonization. Yeah. Because the Darksaber is something that Obi-Wan gets in the Clone Wars when he's fighting the Mandalorians. So, I mean, 
I just think it's kind of fucking fun, and I I love the Mandalorian. Like it's literally, the Mandalorian is so good that I don't regret purchasing Disney Plus. Yeah, and I fucking hate Disney, but <laughs> I'm like every time I think about like getting rid of that, I'm like, yeah, the Mandalorian's really good, and it's coming back soon. Yeah, it's like the Mandalorian's good, and they have the Spider-Man animated series, which I loved growing up. So. I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> it's, just like, it's one of those things. Yeah. I still watch The Mandalorian to this day. It's just so well done. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, it, and it's got my, my fucking boy in it. My fucking Taika Waititi. Oh, fucking, yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. What are we talking about? That's what should be fucking developing Spawn. Fuck Jason <laughs> Blum. Let Taika do it. Yeah. Be fine. That guy played Hitler and almost won a fucking Oscar from it. Just think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end up with some uh, video game news from the rest of the topics here. This next one. I, at first, I had it for a, uh, a an opening segment topic because it's just so wild and wacky. And then I was like, no, it needs to go into the video games because it's, <laughs> it's just so cool. This is going to blow your mind, I think, if you haven't heard about this yet. So there's a programmer <laughs> that's been going through. And uh, he uh, on Twitter, he goes through like old devices and old computers and stuff like that. And... Ask the question, can it play 1993's Doom? Excellent. Have you heard about this guy at all? I mean, I've, I've heard, I know it's been a long running joke for mm. a while now of like a lot of different programmers online where they right, just yeah. want to try to play Doom mm-hmm. originally on anything that has anything to do with like some kind of software running that right. would immediately load Doom onto it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, check out this headline. Go ahead and read that as soon as you see it here or after you get done laughing. Programmer has made 1993's Doom playable on a pregnancy test. I did hear about this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's that. Will it run Doom? That's mm-hmm. the whole yeah, like joke. Yeah. So yeah, Foon Turing, who is a California-based programmer, he's made 1993's Doom playable on a pregnancy test. He's been sharing progress over the last few months. Uh, he originally showed clips. Because uh, there's a, a pregnancy test that has a, a video screen, an LED screen. Oh, Instead of, you know, turning blue or pink or whatever, it shows you, like, like okay, yes, too. you're pregnant, I guess. Girls across the too much. Yeah. But uh, he, he initially had uh, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up video nice. <laughs> rolling across it. And then he rolled videos of Doom and Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, which is another one that it seems like it's on everything. You well, know? yeah, because, well, I mean, they do the whole joke of like, anything that fades to black, then you do the, the opening of Skyrim. It's like, hey, you're finally awake. Mm-hmm. On the fucking wagon. Yep. I love memes. So this is his tweet from September the 5th showing the pregnancy test, saying it can't yet run Doom. It's going to be way tricky, even cheating and having a modern desktop computer connected to it. But I can play a Doom video on it, which is kind of close. Using a different dithering method here so you can see anything. Doom is dark. <laughs> and, then, and there you go. Hey, hey you. You're finally awake. Yeah, you were the, trying to get pregnant, right? That's the Skyrim joke mm-hmm. right there. There you go. The yeah. guy gets it. Since then, though, they've actually been sharing their journey to make Doom actually playable, and they have officially accomplished their goal. Yesterday, I had a lot of retweets and Reddit posts and such for playing Doom on a pregnancy test. But as I explained then, it wasn't really playing on a pregnancy test. It was just a video being played back, not an interactive game. Well, now it is. It's pregnancy test doom. <laughs> so, check this out. <laughs> uh, this guy has already gotten, like, a, a fucking collector's edition of Doom Eternal, and I'm sure uh, it was id software. They're going to send him every game they make from now on and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking impressive, dude. 
I fucking gets it. Yeah. I, there's something so much fun about like using that much raw talent. Yeah. To run a game from fucking 27 years ago on a pregnancy test, just mm-hmm. to be like, oh, just leave it work. It is important to note that he did replace the display and the microcontroller, so the only part of the original pregnancy test itself is the shell. However, getting Doom running and playable on a 128 by 32 pixel monochrome display at one bit is still an impressive feat. I gotta agree. Yeah. (laughs) How crazy is that? Yeah, I thought this was great too. Foon's work is another legend in the Will It Run Doom challenge that has seen the classic first-person shooter become playable in Minecraft, which yes. is, yeah, on a microwave, a leapfrog kid's toy, and one. even Chandler's laptop from Season 2, Episode 8 of Friends from 1995. Nice. <laughs> one of my favorite ones is a guy did it on a uh, billboard. Ooh, that's cool. There was a Bluetooth-connected billboard and uh, might have been L.A. Oh, yeah? And he like, was able to hack into it, essentially. And then played Doom while he was stuck in a traffic jam. That's awesome. And played Doom through a, a fucking billboard on his phone while he's in traffic. <laughs> I'm like, fucking, you are the man, so yeah, you win. Absolutely. This is one of the rare times now on this next topic where I get to yell at you. Ooh. You get to see some of my rage. Let's hear it. I can't I'm excited. I haven't seen you mad in like 10 years. This is all your fucking fault, Zach. <laughs> They've announced that Cyber... Punk 2077 campaign is going to be a lot shorter than The Witcher 3's campaign because a lot of people didn't finish it. I wonder who that would be. This is a lot. Zach. It's a lot, so not just me. But you are part of the problem. To be fair, if it's shorter than The Witcher 3, it's still a pretty fucking long game. You'll be fine. Okay. It's still mad, though. It's a full open world. This is all your fault. People don't finish things anymore. That's true. I did finish a game. You did? I did finish a game. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Go check. Is there proof of this? Yeah, let's see. Check my fucking trophies on PlayStation, motherfucker. I'm going to right now. We're going to pause this. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Fucking gold star. Okay. The gold trophy. Beat that motherfucker. No platinum, though. No, I I didn't need platinum. I haven't gone through that and all the other stuff. Okay. Come on, man. Still fun though. Did you enjoy it? Loved it. Oh, okay. It was fantastic. I think if you, if you if you have a PS4, you need to buy the game right now. Okay. It's fantastic. it actually is on sale this week for forty five dollars. It is, yeah, because it's a Games of a Generation sale. Yeah. That's what it's on there. Because I I just bought uh, Watch Dogs two actually for oh, nice. twelve. So. Yeah, it's a pretty decent price. I might check it out. It's worth forty five. You think? Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. It's worth the sixty that I paid for it. Nice. Okay. Easily. Like I'm. I don't re- regret that purchase whatsoever. Fucking storyline is amazing. Mm-hmm. The game is beautiful. They do all this great fucking work of making it where you basically have no HUD. So you can just kind of take in the perfect visuals of the surroundings you're in. I mean, even for like following to your checkpoint that you marked in your map, like like I've said before, you just have, it's called a traveling wind. Where the wind blows in the direction that you need to go. And there's always like leaves or fucking like flowers and shit like that. And like rose petals blowing. So it'll and shift you, as you turn around. Yeah, so you just follow those. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Fucking amazing game. You're distracting me from my rage. Sorry, go ahead. Get mad. CD Projekt Red has said that the campaign for Cyberpunk 2077 will be shorter than The Witcher 3's. Because a lot of people didn't end up finishing the whole story. On the post show of the third 2077 Night City Wire... Senior quest designer Patrick Mills discussed how the campaign for Cyberpunk will be slightly shorter than The Witcher 3 because even though a lot of people got very far in the game, not as many made it all the way to the end. Okay, slightly shorter from The Witcher 3 is still at least 70 hours. Hey, we don't know that. Well, The Witcher 3 is about 90, so yeah. 
the difference between a completionist run and a main story run, we do know that the main story run in Cyberpunk 2077 is slightly shorter than The Witcher 3, because we got a lot of complaints about Witcher 3's main story just being too long. Looking at the metrics, you see tremendous numbers of people played through that game really far, but never made it to the end. We want you to see the full story, so we did shorten the main story, but we have lots to do, and in terms of a completionist campaign, I just don't even have that number. See? There you go. According to a website called How Long to Beat, The Witcher 3's main story takes an average of 51 and a half hours to complete, while a completionist run can take around 172 hours. So there you go. So slightly shorter will be probably like 40-something hours. But it could have been so much more. He literally just said you're going to have a lot of other shit to do. You're going to have nothing but side missions. If it'll make you feel better, I'll Mm -hmm. tell you what. Okay. I will do my best to finish Witcher 3 before Assassin's Creed Valhalla comes out. I'm going to do my best for it. Okay. That's like six weeks away. Yeah, I know. Okay. See, the problem is is that it's not that I don't have the time to beat the main storyline of Witcher 3. Yeah. It's that I get caught up in all the side missions. <laughs> like, I'm just like following points of interest and everything else. And I yeah. just never play the main storyline. It's not that it's too long. It's just that I'm too invested in that world because I've read all those fucking books six times because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> and I love them. But uh, if it'll make you feel better... I will do my best to at least beat the main storyline. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I'll get to the DLCs or not. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I'll erase the other shit that I'm playing right now. I'll, I might even erase my NBA 2K20 uh, game that I'm playing right now. Okay. I made a point guard. That sounds like you. I'm fucking raining down threes for the <laughs> New York Knicks. But, uh... So yeah, I mean, I'll try to beat The Witcher 3, because I need to beat The Witcher 3. Yeah. The thing is that it's not going to show me anything new. I've read all of the stories, every one of them, including the wikis, yeah. and all the fanfics. I love The Witcher campaigns. Like I love The Witcher storyline. Geralt is one of my favorite But characters. still, you haven't seen it. It's true, I haven't. Alright, I will do my best, because I was, I was going to try to beat Shadow of War, so instead I guess I'll just do Witcher. I think I could just try to beat The Witcher instead. Alright. Alright. I'm going to make that a uh, pact. I'm going to do my best. I can't guarantee I'll get it. That's fine. But I will delete all my other games and just play The Witcher until I beat it. When you're not watching horror movies. No, no, it's true. Yeah. All right. Next up. Obviously, we've talked about oh, this. I already know about very this. Very extensively. Worry about it. Yes. I already know about this. But just to throw it out there, because there is a lot to talk about. Microsoft purchasing Zenimax slash Bethesda for $7.5 billion. It's a big one. That's a huge one. This is, uh, we might be able to get us, finally, at least a remaster of New Vegas, if not a yeah. sequel to New Vegas, which, yeah. in my humble opinion, is the best Fallout game you can play. I know, yeah. So, but, and that uh, would honestly, that would push me over the edge where if they were going to launch with a remaster mm-hmm. or a sequel to New Vegas, I'd probably buy an Xbox One before I bought a PS5. Wow. That's huge. I mean, New New Vegas is very close to my fucking heart. And so, Bethesda also made Knights of the Old Republic 2, which mm-hmm. is one of my also one of my favorite games ever, too. So if they were to do some remasters of those as well, mm-hmm. I'll fucking buy the collector's uh, edition at, at that point. So, it's like Zach's favorite games. <laughs> For those who don't know, Bethesda is uh, has video game brands such as Doom, Fallout, Prey, The Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, and Dishonored, among Dishonored. others. Dishonored. Great fucking games. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty big get for Xbox. Latest rumors are saying that they're still going to be releasing games on PlayStation, but that they might do it as, like, a timed exclusive for uh, 
Xbox and PC. Oh, okay. So if you want to play it like for the first six months of release, it's only going to be on Microsoft's platforms. Oh, okay. Well, the only one I'm looking for is like remasters. So yeah. I'm not worried about it. Because, yeah, Microsoft owns Bethesda and Oblivion now. I'm yeah. just like, ah, yes. Which, uh, yeah, that's the next topic that I had, actually. That fans are already begging for a Bethesda, Obsidian, oh, yeah. Microsoft, Fallout, New Vegas 2. Yep. And uh, some of these tweets are pretty good. That's why I pulled out this article. Oh, was it, yeah, it was so, uh, yeah. Obsidian's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had... Uh, so Fallout, New Vegas 2 is a legit possibility now, right? Quote tweeting to add Obsidian... And Obsidian's reply with just a, a shrug emoji guy. Yeah. That's because they're assholes. They yeah. Just string us along because all they give us is fucking amazing games. Yeah. Cool. But then that simple tweet already garnered upwards of 16,000 retweets and fans are letting their imaginations run wild. Oh, yeah. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what I saw. That was my favorite. I actually yeah. liked that, that tweet. Yeah. So it's from uh, Always Sunny, the episode where they're all at the restaurant at uh, separate groups. And it's got... Yeah, the yeah, Charlie and Max are at each other. That's Bethesda and Obsidian yeah. looking at each other across the room longingly. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, man, this would legit, because I plan on buying both consoles this year. Mm-hmm. Or not this year, but, but this generation. generation. Yeah. But if they were to announce even just a remaster of New Vegas to have, but here's the thing, they would have to do all the, the DLCs, obviously, yeah. and have the uh, the like fixes like to fix the glitches that, it, that they had to go go with. If they were to do all of that, I would 100% pre-order an Xbox right now. Yeah. So this this one actually reminded me of you. <laughs> me. Microsoft buying Bethesda is yet another step towards a hypo-corporate dystopia, much like the one depicted in Fallout games. Also me. Oh my god, what if Obsidian made New Vegas too? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally a Zach thought. Fuck yeah. <laughs> exactly what I thought at first. I was like, fucking bullshit, corporate fucking owner. Like, oh my god, I got New Vegas too. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll throw it out there for you. If you're going to make an attempt to beat Witcher 3, I'll go ahead and make the attempt also. I'll, I'll play through New Vegas. Ooh. I'm curious what kind of uh, playthrough you're going to do. Yeah. There's so many things you can do in those. Yeah? Oh, fuck yeah. This is Fallout. Okay. And this is like classic Fallout where you literally just build your character however you want to build him. Really? And okay. And you can play through all your strengths. You can make him like super low intelligence high strength and i mean there's four or five different endings you can get okay cool oh fuck man this is serious shit here you can do a lot then then you got all the dlcs which actually i do actually have all of them so that's good a little fun throwback Mm -hmm. uh the guy who voices uh rusty venture and the venture brothers yeah uh, voices a character in one of the dlcs for new vegas oh really yeah nice it's the big uh the big empty Actually, it's Big Mountain. It's MT for Mountain. Oh. It's Big MT. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, he's the like main scientist there. He voices him. So, uh, right. Dr. Mobius. Nice. All right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that going forward. We'll see how we, how we do with those. Do you those. have it on Steam or do you just have it on your Xbox? I just on Xbox. Xbox? All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. And you got all, all, all the DLCs, right? Yep. All mm-hmm. right, cool. Oh, I can't wait to see what Yeah, it's, it's the Game of the Year play. edition. So, oh. it's on the backwards compatibility, so I can play it on the one. Yeah, I'll play through that, and we'll, I'll give you some updates on how it goes. Yeah, you can look up, um, if you just hit, like, no spoilers order to do DLCs for New Vegas, mm-hmm. they'll yeah. kind of tell you what order to do them in without ruining the storylines of it. All right. I'm really excited to see what kind of, like, uh, character you're going to build. All right, nice. Because you can literally do anything. 
It's just like it's full D and D style where it's just nice. here's just, just right from lines. the start. Yeah, like right right from the start, you have your attributes because it's special. So it's it, uh, yeah, still the same. Yeah. Okay, it's the same as all the other fallouts. But you know, you get, you get your attributes and your skills and all that stuff. Okay, does it still and, use the VAT system? Mm-hmm. Does it? Okay, still have the VAT system, and because it's Obsidian, it's even better in that like you get different dialogue options for not just having a high dialogue uh, skill check. Mm-hmm. But for just different skill checks, you'll get different dialogue options. Like, if you have high enough explosives and, like, you need to borrow explosives from somebody like that, the guy's like, oh, I can't give it to you because you blow everything up. If your explosive skill is high enough, you get a separate dialogue option to collect that. We're like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing, and he'll give it to you. Oh, wow. And it changes the mission. And it's like that through so many different things. And you get different perks that'll do that. There's one called, um, there's a Black Widow one. That uh, if you're if you're a female character, you do bonus damage to male characters and get bonus dialogue options. Nice. And there's one that's confirmed bachelor. With you're a male character, you do bonus damage to male characters and get different uh, dialogue options. So you essentially just make your character gay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun. There's like a lady killer one. There's <laughs> it's all these different things, and they all have so many different ways of involving the story. It's Probably the best role-playing experience for a video game out there. Awesome. Very looking forward to that, then. I'm very excited to see what, what you do with it. And this last one is uh, basically just they're going to just take more of my money because <laughs> we already have the uh, four-player Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade here. Oh, my God, You yes. know, down in the basement. We, we played it a few times already. It's very yeah. fun. Need to get a full four-player session going soon. That's how we unwind in between sessions. Yeah. But uh, they've announced some more through uh, Arcade 1-Up. Oh, shit. They're bringing out a vintage Ms. Pac-Man cabinet, Ooh, dude. Classic. Yeah. Also with the riser, so that's nice. I would want that even if it didn't work, just for like just the way it looks. Oh yeah. The way the fucking that art style is so Pac-Man perfect. Yeah. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, it comes with Ms. Pac-Man Galaxian, which Ooh. is also pretty good. You know, a little Gallagher ripoff. Of course, yeah. And then you get Pac-Mania and Pac-Mania Plus, which I've never heard of, but hey, extra games. That's kind of nice. Either, but yeah, I mean, you always got to tag them. Yeah. And then oh, they're doing some uh, oh, Marvel shit. fighting games. X-Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah. The best fucking games out there yeah paired with marvel versus capcom clash of superheroes oh, x-men children of the atom and x-men mutant apocalypse oh fuck yeah isn't that awesome it's like one of the four that's like four out of the top 15 best rk games is on one fucking yeah box and then the next one here really blew my mind so you know that pinball game that i play all the time on xbox yeah, where i can yeah. download different tables and stuff yeah they're doing a full-size pinball machine replica oh my God. Yeah, that I'll plays that. those digital that versions digital of the pinball machine that yeah is, fuck it that is crazy yeah it comes with 10 different marvel tables fucking who needs to play cyberpunk 2077 we're yeah. living it dog make the, it as short as you want i'm already fucking there heck yeah <laughs> the table features an accelerometer to allow for real nudging in the digital game so you can Ooh. tilt solenoid enabled buttons for proper feedback so when you're pushing in the flippers right, it yeah, actually gives you some response it'll pop back on you yeah and a 24 inch recessed screen oh my god yeah that's fucking amazing and then the machine comes with 10 preloaded marvel tables from zen pinball okay. which can be accessed from user controls where you'd usually find the tables coin slot oh that's fun isn't that awesome have they mentioned like what the price is going to be on the pinball one? not yet no but dude yeah that's maybe yeah but uh, man that's so tempting Ooh, big bug hunter fuck yeah yeah i love big bug hunter it's okay a lot of fun nice but yeah that's their uh the final one that they announced here it's modeled after the original big buck hunter pro cabinet will feature four different games in the series, Big Buck Hunter Pro, Big Buck Hunter Pro Open Season, 
Big Buck Safari and Safari Outback. Have you ever played any of the Big Buck Hunters? I have not. Oh, no. they're a lot of fun, man. Oh, yeah? A lot of good times. Okay. Yeah, it's got the, the full two-player with both rifles and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd still, I would rather have, like, a time cop. Yeah. Like, that's how I know I'm, like... Oh, yeah, with the pedals. That's how I know I'm, I'm rich, is that mm. my basement is going to have a time cop machine. <laughs> both sides, by the way, not just one player. It's oh, gonna have nice. It's going to co-op time op. Oh. The co-op time yeah. cop one. Like, that's when I know I fucking finally made it, man. Not time cop, time, time crisis. Time crisis, yeah. That's yeah. all right. My bad. I was going to correct it in post. We'll fix that in post. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. So, that's fucking amazing, though, man. Yeah. I know. I can't wait. To I'm gonna be broke. I'm gonna have to like throw in some of it for it. Just call it a Christmas gift. Just let me pay like half of it or something like that. There's just no way I'm gonna have the money to buy the whole thing for you. Oh but yeah. I, I I'd like to throw like at least thirty or forty percent towards it. All right. But yeah, I, I think that's that. our that's our show. That's that's all the topics that's I had. Good shit, man. That's it was. Good yeah, a lot of good ones. Strong, strong episode. Yeah, you got some of your rage out, which is what Fucking we were looking hey, at. Hey, yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm gonna feel bad. Just remember. When you're editing this, to mm. turn the, the mic down a little bit. I don't yeah. want to blow your fucking ears out. Right. Yeah, I've already got a couple notes on my scratch pad over here <laughs> with some time time Smart. codes. So, yeah. Smart. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I think uh, I think we're ready to clear it up. I don't yeah. think we have any questions today. We okay. uh, you know this is going to be kind of a sporadic episode. Right. There's so yeah. much shit going on right now. Oh yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to get it out of the way before our special episode tomorrow. Yeah, so. Special episode come out tomorrow. Uh, well, not coming out. What? Being recorded tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um. I'll try to edit them both as quick as I can so maybe we can drop them like on a back-to-back or something too oh yeah no that's that's totally fair yeah we'll see what happens we can hold on to it for a little bit we've mm-hmm. got a whole month to drop it in like the month of October true so alright that's really all you want to do is just drop it in yeah. October I don't give a fuck about anything else there you go uh, so yeah other than that um, I mean I hope you guys had as much fun as we did uh, strong episode it was we had a lot of fun thank you all again for uh you know joining us on this fun little treat i hope you uh learned some shit today make sure to go out and get the new big buck hunter that's coming out or fucking machine great game get, get some of your buddies together drink beers and shoot at uh electronic deer fucking yeah. awesome oh yeah i even rhymed i should be fucking i should get hired on as an advertisement agent there uh but as always um if you guys enjoyed it, make sure to you know like and subscribe and on whatever app you are using to cast the pod that we are on right now. We're all over the place. We don't discriminate. And also, if you enjoyed the show, uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at the A to Z show. It's the number two uh, on Twitter. You can also follow both of us on Twitter. Um, Mr. Varble here. He is at Big Guy ACV. That's on, me on Twitter, and I am at. Uh, Melch knows best. M e l c h knows best. Knows with a K. Follow both of us. We're usually tweeting about video games. Basically, everything we talk about on this uh, podcast, we tweet about that. And then I also throw in memes. That's about the only difference. <laughs> and always send us in questions, comments, concerns, manifestos, recipes, anything you're kind of feeling. Fanfics. I don't mm-hmm. care. I roast. Roast. Fuck yeah. Ro- roast number one. If you guys got roast, fucking send them in to us. Uh, I will read anything you send to us on the air, and I will give you a shout-out if you want me to. If not, I can keep you anonymous, but I will read anything you send to us on the air. You can also, if you have something bigger that you can't fit on a, on a tweet, we do have an email. A2ZShow.ask at gmail.com. Fucking nailed that. That is a good one for, you know, if you got something bigger you got to send, or if you're a prospective sponsor or something like that, you have something you want us to plug, anything like that. 
But anyway, yeah, as always, I think that clears all of that up. Uh, thank you guys so much again. We love you. Try to keep it, you know, high and tight out there. Welcome to the fucking spooky season. Heck yeah. Get out there, get some tricks and some treats. No more ores in this life. It's only ands. We're taking them all. Let's get it. Get out there and get it. Have a great week. Have a great month, year, anything else. We will see you next time. We love you very much. Yep. Keep up the good fight. Goodbye.